Hey everyone, this is Tom Salemi of Device Talks. Welcome to our newest member of the Device Talks podcast family. It's called Medtronic Talks. Our constant search to find new ways to bring you insights in the medtech industry led us to the fine, fine folks at Medtronic. They've agreed to make their senior leaders available to us and to you. In each episode, we'll discuss the opportunities and challenges facing one of medtech's clear leaders, so you'll have an inside view on what makes Medtronic go. We'll ask the questions, Medtronic will provide the answers, and our great network of sponsors makes it all possible. So sit back, hop on a treadmill, take the dog for a walk, whatever you do when you listen to a great podcast, and let's listen to how Medtronic is getting the job done. Let's go. Hey everyone, this is Tom Salemi of Device Talks. Welcome to this episode of the Medtronic Talks podcast. We're going to talk about the spine business. I had a chance to speak with Jacob Paul. Jacob is a senior vice president at Medtronic. He's also president of the Cranial and Spinal Technologies Group. This was a, a, a far-reaching conversation. We talked a bit of history about Medtronic's uh, decision early on to really double down and recommit to the spinal sector after some challenges and uh, and how that came about. This includes the acquisition of Mazur and some other very cool uh, advances in uh, cranial and spinal care. So very grateful to have Jacob on the podcast. But before we begin this interview, I'd like to introduce our sponsor, Viant Medical. All right, I'm here with Alton Shader, the CEO of Viant Medical. Alton, tell our listeners about Viant. At its core, Viant is a design, development, and manufacturing services provider that is focused exclusively on the medical device market. We have over 6,000 team members in 24 facilities across the globe and are proud to work closely with the world's leading medical device innovators and manufacturers, including Medtronic. But to truly understand our company, you really need to understand our vision. And our vision is to be the medical device industry's most trusted design and manufacturing services partner. This is what motivates our team, serving our customers and truly earning their trust. And at the next break, I'll share an example of how we have partnered with a customer to bring to market an innovative, minimally invasive device that addresses one of the most debilitating and chronic conditions faced by people around the world. We'll hear more from Alton Shader and Viant Medical a little later in the podcast. If you want more information, you can go to viantmedical.com. Viant is spelled V-I-A-N-T. Now let's begin our conversation with Jacob Paul. Well, Jacob Paul, welcome to the podcast. Tom, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I love the spine space. I covered it back in a decade or so ago when it was getting a lot of venture capital investment. And it's always had sort of that Wild West feel to it. There was a lot of territory to be grabbed. There was a lot of new technology coming up, a lot of new approaches to solve what seemed to be intractable problems. So uh, excited to sort of see where we're at uh, later and to see all the progress you've made. But but first, I'd love to find a little bit about your background. What, uh, what brought you into the, the med tech sector? I don't think you started out right from the start, correct? Oh, I did not. So that thank you. Uh, that thank you for asking, Tom. I started my career in uh, a tire company as an engineer, oh. and then I went to the dark side. I went to finance, and <laughs> uh, and and so I with with technology. So I worked at Intel, and uh, it was around uh, post uh, Y2K when there was a lot of consolidation happening there. That I started to look at other sectors and. Uh, Medtronic was a market leader and a company with a strong mission, and that's that's the reason I came to Medtronic, and and that's how I found my way here. What what was it that really 
drew you to the company and obviously whatever drew you here was the right call because you're still here but what was what was it really about the culture of, of Medtronic that drew you here I had uh, heard about Medtronic from others from uh, people who worked there and I I knew about the industry I think the one aspect that drew me was the fact that they were a mission driven company mm-hmm. and the work that they did had a impact to patients so you where you come into work every day and you know what you are doing is going to help the the health or the outcomes of patients around the world that's a a compelling reason we had some really great people they were good to work with and so that's it was a very easy decision for me you came in uh on the finance side of things as as you called it the the dark side <laughs> what uh you spent a few years there but you uh, eventually would move over to operations was that always sort of your goal coming into Medtronic or did you after a time just decide you wanted to do a little bit more? So, so finance actually is a great place to start. It gives you a good view of the, the overall, the entire business. I, I was a business partner for operations for R and D, and then I was a CFO and that kind of set me up really well to take on a broader role. It was around the time Omar uh, took over that I started to really develop an interest for emerging markets, and and so we did some really interesting projects there. Mm-hmm. And that's when, at that point, I felt like you know I could make a bigger impact in a general management role. Were you operating or leading out a business outside the U.S.? I did. So I spent four years in Singapore leading Asia oh, Pacific for the RTG group. And so that's a really exciting, diverse set of markets. Uh, it's a big, huge part of the world with significant healthcare needs. And so it was a really great learning opportunity and an exciting world job. Excellent. And just going back to the transition from finance to operations, you said finance is a great place to sort of get foundation. Is it seen that way? Is it a significant transition to go from one to the other where there are challenges involved? Would you have any advice for anyone else who is in finance but decide they really want to someday lead a, lead a business unit? My advice would be it is, a, it is a fair transition. While it does give you the foundation, I think the piece that I really learned a lot going to Asia that my finance background didn't provide me is uh, engaging with our customers, understanding what their needs are, and mm-hmm. and relating from a value from our customer standpoint. And that's something that finance doesn't teach you, and that's where real world experience helps. Well, let's let's talk a, a bit about now uh, Medtronic's history in, in the spine. It's been in this sector for a long time, but there have been some ups and some downs. And, and Jeff Martha, a recent report even indicated that at some point, you know, people were suggesting Medtronic might pull out of spine altogether, which again, that those are external people saying that. I'm not saying it was internal, but there were some interesting times there with the acquisition of Kaifon, discussion about the use of BMP. Was there an internal conversation about spine and, and is this an area where, where Medtronic wants to grow? And was there ever a decision made that this is definitely a place where we want to double down on, as you've clearly done, or we want to de-emphasize? So I think we did go through a period where we struggled, uh, our spine business. And and you're right, it was uh, soon after Kaifon and then the BMP struggles that that the business uh, became inwardly focused, extremely conservative, and we stopped innovating. We stopped engaging our customers. Spine is a really complex, difficult market with a lot of tough competitors. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
we weren't able to compete effectively. And so we made large share over time. And that point where when we uh, compete for resources with other businesses in Medtronic, Spine didn't stack up because A, we were not performing. And, and uh, um, you know, and B, we didn't have the growth or the, it wasn't an attractive uh, part of Medtronic mm-hmm. for a long time. I think it started to turn uh, when Jeff invested in Mizor and he saw the potential in in changing the game in spine and competing much more effectively against these smaller pure play competitors. We still hadn't raised our performance to the level that we could, you know, we, we stood out for the rest of Medtronic. But over the last two or three years, we've really turned that around. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been a, a really exciting story. And now we are leading the market in terms of innovation. We're growing. We're competing very effectively. Our customers see a new and exciting Medtronic. And so now, now we are profitable. We are growing. We're destination for investment. And we compete very effectively you know, in uh, both within our industry and across. Interesting. I, and, I, and I love the decision about acquiring uh, Mazur in that for for time, I think acquisitions were in the spinal space were focused on sort of the implants and, and, and ways of, of making a minimal impact in the human body as opposed to the approach you seem to be having now, at least from my, my outsiders, really making a, a commitment to improving the operational space for surgeons and really making the procedures themselves much better as opposed to just investing in a new kind of filler that's going to reinforce vertebra or even a new kind of smaller procedure that's going to make it less invasive. You mentioned that Jeff made the decision to buy Mazur. I'm curious as to how that has sort of affected your uh, strategy. Is this really a commitment into, again, making the operational space as advanced as possible and making the job of the surgeons as easy as possible? We're going to take a quick break from this conversation to bring back our sponsor, Viant Medical. I'm here with Alton Shader, the CEO. Alton, I know Viant has a really unique partnership program. Tell us more. This program is a great example of how companies can partner to get a product to market quickly and, more importantly, make a difference in people's lives. Our customer had designed a novel device to be used in minimally invasive surgery to reduce lower back pain. And for those who are not aware of how serious chronic back pain can be, estimates are that up to 15 million people in the U.S. and over 100 million people worldwide suffer chronic back pain that can be debilitating. Our customer chose to partner with us due to our extensive experience in the development and manufacturing of minimally invasive devices in surgery with a number of products focused on the spine and other orthopedic areas. When we started working together, the customer had a design and prototype, but it needed to be re-engineered to ensure it could be manufactured at scale. In fact, the program had run into some technical challenges and our team partnered with the customer to develop the ultimate solution. We transferred the program from a lab or clinical process to a repeatable, verifiable manufacturing process. We included magnification and vision systems at every station, utilizing digital microscopes and monitors, and instituted a number of processes to deliver this device, including the development of an end-of-line functional tester with thermocouple and impedance verification. We've built a lasting partnership with our customer with strong mutual trust, and the teams do a nice job of operating and communicating with full transparency. 
The customer has been incredibly successful and Viant has supported triple digit growth of the product over each of the past two years. Most importantly, this growth has translated into thousands of people benefiting from this procedure and living pain-free, productive, and happier lives. And this is why we are in this business. Our Viant associates can truly serve our customers and allow them to support healthcare teams, which in turn treat people and allow them to live better lives. That's what it's all about. It's what defines us, and it's what we are proud of here at Viant. Thank you for sharing those details, Alton, and thank you to Viant Medical for sponsoring this episode of Medtronic Talks. Once again, for more information, you can go to viantmedical.com. That's V-I-A-N-T medical.com. Now back into our conversation with Jacob Paul of Medtronic. You mentioned that Jeff made the decision to buy Mazur. I'm curious as to how that sort of affected your uh, strategy. Is this really a commitment into, again, making the operational space as advanced as possible and making the job of the surgeons as easy as possible? Absolutely. So uh, spine is a complex space with uh, several different disease areas, you know, from degen to deformity to tumor and trauma. And we need to have um, innovative implants across all of those segments. And there's also different approaches, open and MIS and so forth. But it's commoditized. The implant itself, it, anybody can make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make it better than most people do. But uh, but we really where we change the game is in addition to that spinal implant. We also and the instrumentation. We also bring an ecosystem of enabling technologies mm-hmm. from imaging to navigation to with the acquisition of major robotics and power and monitoring. And we put them together in a way that improves the, the procedure, that makes the procedure more efficient, more accurate, more reproducible. Now, to that, we also add now our latest acquisition is Medicria in the data and AI space. And everything from across the entire continuum of care makes data-driven objective decision-making around patient selection, mm-hmm. around the kind of intervention using AI-driven algorithms to optimize the surgical plan and using robotics and the other enabling technologies to if effectively and efficiently execute that plan. Mm-hmm. And then post-surgery, then following up the patient to ensure that you've done what you planned set out to do. So that makes spine surgery a lot more uh, accurate, more efficient, and more reproducible. Mm-hmm. So you know what you're going to get versus to your point earlier, it used to be the wild, wild west where it was a very subjective approach to uh, to, to decision-making. Talk a bit about the Medicrea acquisition and, and maybe more specifically, what does that bring to your offering and how does that complement what you're already offering with, with Mazur? It does. It does in, in ways that have wildly exceeded our expectations. Mm-hmm. So um, the convergence of... AI and data and robotics is really going to transform spine surgery. Medicrea is a AI-driven planning system where surgeons have a, a curated plan that we develop for them that optimizes for the level of correction you want and the outcome. And, and so in the past, the surgeon used to look at radiographic images and estimate the amount of correction, and then they used to manually bend a rod in the 
in theater and then try and achieve a correction. And that is not very predictable or accurate. Mm -hmm. What this does is it it builds a big data set over time and and an algorithm that will predict the outcome and optimize the plan depending on the outcome, the level of correction and the outcome required. And as the data set gets bigger, this get the algorithm gets more and more powerful and our, our outcomes get better and better. So this is a, a learning system that we developed. Now, so that when we integrated with our robotic planning software, then we have uh, we we have a fully integrated system that does from start to finish. Um, and we are building around that. We are adding a whole suite of data-driven algorithms that do everything from, you know, patient report outcomes, from predicting outcomes based on the radiographic images, things that will add value not just to the the surgeon, Mm -hmm. but to the practice and will customize the therapy for the patient. So the patient gets a a solution that's customized to to them rather than a generalized approach. So depending on their health, their frailty, their you know, their bone density and, and things like that, variables that are taken into account that optimize for them. So this is revolutionizing spine care in ways that we never thought possible. So I'm joking about the Wild West aspect again, but I mean, I think one of the parts of it was their spinal surgeons, I think, were always perhaps one of the more autonomous kind of specialties out there that they, they were able to... Uh, make a lot of decisions and, and call their shots. Uh, I'm wondering if the solution you're providing, uh, how is it being received by surgeons and, and by the market? Is it something that you're having to give, convince people to the value of? Is it something that they've been clamoring for and they're 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 uh, lapping it up? What's, what's been the reception from surgeons? There's tremendous excitement and acceptance. We are really rapidly scaling it up to meet the demand. I, I We've met so many new surgeons that never have have never used this before that are really excited by what it can do to their practice so this is something that is easy sell to surgeons because they see the value right away so the spine surgeons are really good they're really good at the craft and this is something they've been clamoring for and and so so it's a it's an easy sell level of the barrier to entry or the level of investment that they need to 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 start to use it is not very high. So, um, and, and it, it automates uh, the whole thing for them. It it takes the stress out of surgery for them. Mm-hmm. It's a competitive uh, advantage for their practice as well. You 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 read my mind with that with that addition. Uh, I was curious as to uh, how who is buying the Mazor system. Is it is it hospitals uh, or is it practices i don't know what the status of ambulatory surgical centers for spinal is if that's an area that you're seeing as well but what sort of financial commitments slash price tag are, are people looking at with missouri and and how do you help it uh make that uh, as an affordable option as possible so we do a whole range of options to make it affordable to get it to as many surgeons as possible we do uh we we do financial uh bundles we do leasing we, we make it easy for them to acquire and because we want them to use it, we want them to learn and imp- improve their workflow and then to start to reap the benefit uh, of the technology. So 
So we we are uh, very flexible when it comes to getting surgeons to use the technology. And do you have uh, any competition in this space as far as robotic systems are involved? I know Missouri was certainly one of the first to work in the spine. I don't know if anyone else is is adapting their surgical, their robotic surgical system to form spinal surgeries. What's the competitive field like? We do have. We, uh, Globus has a, a robot as well. And uh, 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 there's Rosa, which is uh, Zimmer, uh, oh. Zimmer's robot. So, so there's a couple out there. There's others that are developing. So uh, I expect that there'll be more. And uh, But uh, we are innovating at a very rapid pace around the, the platform, the technology itself as well as the applications and to, to, to increase the clinical utility of the robot. We just launched a big uh, application that made our Midas power robotically enabled, as well as the inner body, which is a spacer that goes into the spine, also uh, robotically assisted. But this has really a big step up in, in increasing the clinical utility of the robot. And we are continuing to innovate at a rapid pace uh, so that it increases the clinical value, the level of automation, and also we integrate data into data-enabled technology into the into the robot as well. Do you have any interaction at all with patients? Do they come to know that their procedure is going to be performed by a Mazur? Uh, is there any sort of understanding or, or information they're given about that? Is this a way for you to market the device by reaching out to patients? What's your patient engagement like? So we usually work through the the clinician, the surgeon, uh, and and the practice. So they they are the ones who interact directly. But we uh, we help them the marketing programs and mm-hmm. the you know uh, so that they can do that. And it's a combination. So the patient specific uh, uh, planning and implants is in with the Medicrea system, and then you have robotics, and both together uh, really help. Uh, uh, and uh, it help the practice, and so the surgeon will uh, often, uh, you know, use uh, the fact that the practice uh, does robotically assisted surgery as a competitive, you know, messaging for to attract patients. Um, and then when the patient comes to the clinic, they will share alternate plans based on our Medicrea system with the patient, and then they'll explain the the approach and then they'll pick the most optimal plan for that patient so so the patient is also part of that journey interesting and uh we, we've talked a great deal about the spine that your your business is spine and cranial are there are there products in the cranial space that we should uh we should be talking about i i guess i fault myself for not preparing for those questions i'm too spine centric but uh, what else are you uh developing uh above the spine uh, so absolutely. So in the cranial space, our navigation really uh, is at standard of care in, in cranial applications and it's extensively used by neurosurgeons. And we also have a cranial robot that is used in cranial procedures. Uh, we have a CSF management business, a hydrocephalus management mm-hmm. business. Uh, that's that's a, a, a you know market uh, leader. And then we also... You know, our, our this concept of an ecosystem of enabling technologies uh, applies to to cranial procedures as well. And so, for example, with some of our partners in neuromodulation with DBS, we also have some of the enabling uh, technologies for that. So, so, so we have the same kind of strategy 
in and neuro oncology is also is a is a focus for us so so we we when we have the same strategies in in the cranial space we have a, a really strong attractive business there as well so how do you work with the neuro business on on dbs i guess i hadn't made that connection that makes sense that you'd be involved with that as well so uh, we are working with them to enable the the procedure the dbs procedure and make the dbs procedure more efficient we are working on a robotic solution there, but that's not uh, launched yet. So, mm. uh, so I can't really say much about that. But no. other than, but beyond that, we also have the same approach that we use in in spine. We are starting to develop DBS as well. And uh, just organizationally, how has the reorganization of, of Medtronic impacted cranial and spine? I think it's really driven a lot of focus in the space, and it's allowed us to move with speed and make big bets. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in the area of uh, robotics and uh, and data and AI, we have really uh, prioritized and we're investing at speed there because, you know, that I think is going to transform spine surgery. And so the fact that we've created these independent uh, operating units allows us to make these decisions with speed and and these decisions are taken by people that are closest to the market. So we've also, like for example, our R and D is very customer centric. So our R and D engineers work with our surgeons. So the solutions that we develop are based on a deeper understanding of the market. So so it allows us to be uh, move with speed, and our, it allows us to be customer centric as well. Where do you see innovation and new ideas for your business coming from? Is it going to be a mix of internal development and, and acquisitions of, of outside companies? It is going to be a mix, Tom. Uh, it's, uh, we have really revamped how we innovate to innovate with speed. So we launch products much faster and we spot trends early and uh, we get in on those trends early. So, so our organic innovation engine is really moving very effectively. But we'll always see the need to make some targeted acquisitions, especially in areas that complement our, our our internal skill set. We also expect to do partnerships. We want to innovate at a, at, uh, at a pace that far exceeds every uh, the rest of the industry. And in order to do that, there are going to be areas that we are not the experts at or you know, there are going to be areas that like, like Medicrea, which is a new area, but, but really changed the game for us that, that we will continue to look for and, mm-hmm. uh, and invest in. Excellent. Well, it's been great to, uh, to catch up and to, to see where those fine business is going. And uh, thank you for, uh, for joining us on the podcast, Jacob. Thanks, Tom. Well, that is a wrap. Thanks so much to Jacob Paul for joining us on the Medtronic Talks podcast. Thanks again to Viant Medical. For sponsoring this episode, you can find out more information at viantmedical.com. And thanks, of course, to you for tuning in. If you'd like to hear future episodes of the Medtronic Talks podcast, please do subscribe. We're on all the major podcast channels, including Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify. Just push follow and subscribe. And while you're there, please do leave us a uh, a ranking. And please do uh, leave a comment as to how we can do a better job providing Medtronic's stories to you. You can also find our Device Talks weekly podcast on those same podcast channels. And you can find both of these podcasts on our website, devicetalks.com. Please do us a favor and share this episode on social media. And when you do, tag me. I'd love to be part of that conversation. I am on LinkedIn, Tom, S-A-L-E-M-I. 
I'm also on Twitter at MedTechTom. It'd be great to follow your conversations. And uh, once again, it'd be great to, uh, to be able to bring future episodes of the Medtronic Talks podcast to you. So please do subscribe. Please do review. And of course, please do tune in next time, however you do it, for another great episode of the Medtronic Talks podcast. <laughs>